Hi, I'm Monica. And I'm the other Monica. And we are two Monicas in a microphone. Join us each week as we talk about nothing serious. Seriously. We'll talk about life, differences of opinion, our favorite obsessions, and any topic we find interesting. So dab a daisy in your hair, rock the chocolate lipstick, and put on your combat boots. And it sounds a little scary. Actually going to talk about one of my favorite actresses from the 90s, in particular her filmography, and that is Drew Barrymore. Oh, I love her. The chocolate lipstick still sounds terrifying. Well, that was the color. I'm like very confident she wore a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not to eat. It's um, Hers was a little bit browner than mine. I used to wear a color called Raisin. Oh, Raisin was a super popular color. Yes. I can't get away with that color though. No. It's not no. for my, my skin. I'm not 100% sure many people in the 90s did. <laughs> oh, so as you know, I had a really tough time trying to narrow this down because it's you did. such- It was like having a baby, I think. It was. In a week. much like having a baby in a week it felt like that a brain baby because you know I wanted to do a 90s movie tribute originally and Mm -hmm. that's quite the task to do a whole entire decade all the genres and honestly the 90s had a lot of great movies I'm gonna mainly focus on junior high high school and college years and Drew Barrymore did you watch a lot of movies in high school or was that something that you aren't allowed to do I know you and I talk about (laughs) our little bit restrictive childhoods. I was allowed to watch movies. It was a solid PG. Even PG-13 movies were off the table until I was well into my teen years. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the movies we're going to talk about, I looked at the date. It's 1992. I watched what you sent me. I was like, this is exactly why I would never have been able to watch this because there's no way my parents would have approved of the content. Just zero. I would agree that most parents, even the open to everything type of parents in the 90s would have been a little weary of the movie that you're talking about. Uh, Yes, I wouldn't. There's no way my daughter will be watching that until she's 17 or 18 or maybe never. You know, that brings up uh, a little bit of a topic here that I think is appropriate because a lot of movies in the 90s, so I was in high school or junior high, a lot of them that I saw I wasn't supposed to see. Did you have that one friend where you went to their house and you watched all the movies you couldn't see? I did. I mean, we were were friends when she was a little bit younger. Her dad was a firefighter, so he was either gone working a lot mm-hmm. or he was home but he was sleeping mm, and so get away with a lot yes so I watched Dirty Dancing at her house for the first time Sorry. and you know what else I did once I snuck into a theater uh, see a movie that I wasn't old enough to see <gasps> I know what movie was it do you remember it's the one with Demi Moore and Robert Redford where she's offered a million dollars to sleep oh. with Robert Redford Indecent Proposal. Thank you. Indecent Proposal. And I had a very similar haircut to Demi Moore. So everyone had been saying, you look just like Demi Moore. You look just like Demi Moore. So I was like, well, I have to see this movie. So, but I was a little bit older. I was maybe, as maybe 15 or 16, not 13, like when I saw Dirty Dancing. I didn't sneak into movies, but yeah, I never did that. I did used to do is tell my parents I watched one movie when I really watched another. (laughs) Now, Drew has made a couple of movies that were pretty scandalous. I'm not going to go into her whole filmography or even her biography. To be honest, she is so fascinating as a person that she would deserve her own episode, which is kind of part of the reason why I had a hard time with this episode as well is because you can't focus on both because she has so much to offer as far as biography and filmography. Um, She has been acting in movies since the age of five. She owns her own catch-all brand called Flower by Drew. 
and it has everything from face cream to throw pillows. I looked it up. It's so cute. I could see myself buying so much of this stuff. I could too. I actually saw it once when I was browsing Walmart's website and I saw Drew Barrymore's face and I was like, what? And I went in and it's so cute. It really is everyone. You can go to flowerbydrew.com. I'm not an affiliate, wish that was a thing, but not (laughs) and check it all out. It's so, so cute. And I think it really does encompass who she grew to be. And we all know that she was a wild child. And like I said, that's a whole episode that I would love to get into and break down, but I'm not going to today. I'm going to be breaking down some of her most memorable movies and roles from the nineties and dip her toe a little bit into this century as well. Okay, let's go. Alrighty. As you know, I really love writing fiction and I get fixated on certain characters and that's what I'm going to do right now with one of her movies. And it's the one you referenced earlier. Um, remember we were talking about going over to your friend's house, watching all the mm-hmm. bad movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's when I first watched Poison Ivy. I was probably 14. I do remember being very shocked by the content, which we'll get into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In a little bit possibly too enthralled with the character Ivy and her (laughs) storyline. Not gonna lie. And also, hello, the play on words for the title, Poison Ivy. Her name Mm -hmm. was Ivy. I just, I loved all of that. And she was so pretty, but I do remember that was quite the movie. You didn't see it as a teenager, right? Just kind of- No, I've never seen it. I watched the clips, the best clips. I don't know how they picked these out to be the best clips, but- I don't You know, Darlene from Roseanne, she plays the other lead female character and and she's, you know, also she's nerdy and younger, kind of like her character, Uh Darlene in Roseanne. Yes. And I was watching, man- it was like a Lolita film, but... Yes. It's it's all kind of bad, people. It's all kind of bad. So Drew has been quoted as saying she's that she's not the best actress and that she's always just played herself. So I think in the case here with Ivy, she's sexy, trashy, and dangerous. So mm-hmm. she was probably playing her public image at that time. She had actually been blacklisted from Hollywood for a few years for being such a wild child. I didn't know they did that for wild. I I didn't either. And I mean, I guess it was the eighties and nineties. In fact, when I was looking it up, there were four separate roles that she went for that she didn't get that ended up being big roles for Winona Ryder. For those who are not familiar with the Poison Ivy plotline, first of all, that's okay. That's definitely a badge you can wear (laughs) because it's a dirty movie. I'm raising it right now. Yeah. Until I forced Monica to look at it, she too was a virgin to Poison Ivy. So I'm going to just break it down for you. Um, Ivy is a sexy teen. She lives with her aunt and then she moves in with the reclusive teen, which was played by Gilbert. It was one of those situations where they went to a prep school and Ivy was there on scholarship and Gilbert's character was the reclusive daughter of the really rich family, but she was lonely. I mean, if you could come up with any more tropes, I'm I'm sure we could here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Ivy slowly works her way not to just becoming Gilbert's, and I'm using the actress's name here, okay? Right. Gilbert's friend, but basically gets a 
adopted by her family. Now, during this time, the mother is very sick and she can't satisfy her husband, which is a theme in this. And okay. Ivy ends up seducing the father. She is quite seductive and she's quite manipulative. All of that came across in the 13 minute best clips. Manipulation, <laughs> seduction, and wild, basically just not caring about the status quo or the rules. It is really dark. Ivy seduces the father, kills the mother, makes it look like suicide, gets mm -hmm. the pet dog to choose her over the daughter by manipulating the dog. Later, she tries to kill the daughter. And basically the movie concludes with the daughter pushing Ivy over the balcony, just as spoiler alert, um, as she had done to her mother. So it's really tragic and it's disturbing. And yeah, I actually don't know how she feels about Poison Ivy, even though I did a lot of research on her that is all cut from this for another episode. I would be curious. She'll have this totally mature perspective on it that'll blow your mind. That's what I would have noticed when I was looking at things that she has had to say. I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer for everyone because it's been a minute since I have seen it and some of you haven't. <laughs> average i'm slipping in biology my name's sylvie cooper like most 15 year olds what sylvie cooper wanted more than anything else was a best friend everybody hates me oh well, everybody hates me too do you want to come over someone to talk to wow this is great someone to understand her oh ivy this is my mom georgie till death someone like ivy it's nice and cool in here um, I missed my ride. No. Dad, she's my best friend. But Ivy didn't just want a friend. Ivy wanted more. I hope that when I die, I'll have owned a sports car. I had a family. A home. And she'd do anything to get it. Hello, Mr. Cooper. Care for anything? Wow, that was, that's basically the whole movie. Yeah, it really is. It's like Fatal Attraction meets Hand That Rocks the Cradle beats Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> I could not stop cracking up at people's comments on the trailer. I mean, there's, I mean, I at least laughed at 15 of them, but I thought it'd be fun to go through and just share a couple of the highlights of what the public thinks about the trailer for Poison Ivy. Okay, let's. Ah, uh, sultry, early 90s thrillers. There's always someone falling off a window, balcony, or rolling down the stairs. 
It's <laughs> the truth though. I was like, you totally nailed that. <laughs> All right, the next one. The narrator, imagine him narrating trailers nowadays. Right? I was yeah. like, we don't have a lot of narration anymore. No, they don't They don't use it anymore. The voiceover guy. All right. And then the last one we have here. Monica, this is a tribute to you. If anybody oh. wants to listen to episode four, DIY Beauty, you will get a kick out of this one. What someone commented was... Having curly hair is thinking you look sexy and wild like Drew Barrymore in the 90s. But in reality, you actually look like Sarah Gilbert. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been happy looking like either Sarah Gilbert or or Drew Barrymore. So we're going to move on from Poison Ivy, and I would say watch at your own risk, to Scream. Now, the role that I'm going to talk about, um, I didn't necessarily love for character development so much for the plot twist, and that is Casey Becker. Now, Monica, did you see Scream? I did. It was the first scary movie I ever watched. What? Oh, my gosh. I went with my friend Carla. Hey, Carla. We rode out in her in her Thunderbird. Oh my gosh! And we went to see it. It was great. I had seen several scary movies leading up to this. Now, not allowed by my parents. Sorry, mom and dad. Every single slumber party had a scary movie. I remember this film because Drew Barrymore's face was plastered everywhere. If you watch, I thought she was going to have a huge part. Yes. 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 They did that on purpose. I'm sure. They did. So I go in thinking this is a movie about how somebody uh, runs down Drew Barrymore. And I kind of think it's pretty cool concept. This sounds really fun. I want to go see this. I want to see her in a slasher film. I'm just going to play a clip for you so Mm -hmm. everyone can get the vibe. Hello? I'm sorry. I guess I dialed the wrong number. Uh, So why'd you dial it again? To apologize. You're forgiven. Bye now. Wait, wait. Don't hang up. What? I want to talk to you for a second. They've got 900 numbers for that. See ya. Hello? Why don't you want to talk to me? Who is this? Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Uh huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters? Yeah. What's yours? Guess. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the one where the guy had knives for fingers? Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Freddy, that's right. I like that movie. It was scary. Well, well, the first one was, but the rest sucked. So, you got a boyfriend? (laughs) Why? You want to ask me out on a date? Maybe. Do you have a boyfriend? Um, No. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? 
That brings back so many memories. I have literal memories from that night. Now, spoiler alert, everyone. She totally gets slashed, which is why it was such a huge plot twist. Nobody knew it was top secret that she was going to get killed in the first scene of the movie. She ends up being like gutted in a tree, which thankfully it was the 90s and you can't see very much. I always looked away. I'm the person who watches horror films through my two fingers. (laughs) I remember driving home that night and being very scared when I got out of my car. I sprinted all the way to the front door. I lived on 20 acres in the woods. So anyone who's familiar with Scream. Okay, so Blair Witch Project should have scared you more than Scream. You know, Scream was funny. I didn't watch Blair Witch Project. People were talking about it. So I was like, I don't want to see it. It was really hyped. For you who lived in the city and don't live in the middle of nowhere where if you scream, nobody will hear you. You will die. And also when you grow up in Arkansas in the 90s and there's just, I have so many stories about serial killers. We're going to do an episode on that. Yeah. Don't spoil it for everybody. It's scary. Now, what were the parts at the end where her boyfriend's trying to kill her scary? No, not at all. I had like the hugest crush on him. And I used to say, if that was my boyfriend, I'd let him kill me too. Because (laughs) I thought it was so cheesy. I'm so cheesy. And I thought it was like the best line that I'd ever come up with. So a lot of people put, or a lot of lists put Scream up there as one of the best movies that Drew Barrymore has been in. I mean. I mean, she was in it. She was also in Donnie Darko, which is actually really good, but she was secondary. You know, she's a secondary character. So Scream does make the list. And I think it should only in and of the fact that she was willing to use her celebrity to enhance the movie overall. Okay, so Monica, the next movie has some special memories for me because it came out while we were in college and I remember we watched it a lot. I think we even had the VHS in the house. I just remember watching it over and over and over again with people in the social room. It's Ever After. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's in my top three. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Some really touching we, moments, some really I, difficult yeah, moments. Yeah, it does. So whenever I was putting together clips for us to comment on and I, it really just it made me cry. I really connected with this movie emotionally emotionally. So hopefully our friends out there have seen the movie. If you haven't, it's definitely something to put on your list for when your husband goes to bed early, when your boyfriend's out of town, when you just need a girl chick flick and mm-hmm. some popcorn and some wine on a Friday night. It's set in 16th century France and who doesn't love that period with the costuming? And it is a Cinderella story. It's got all the most important elements of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. The, the wicked stepmother played by Angelica Houston who is just She's spectacular. She's amazing in this. I loved the stepsisters in this. I mean, they're awful. Love to hate them. Love to hate them. And their character development is so good in playing off of each other and playing off of Drew Barrymore. This is a fantastic movie in and of itself, even though it is a Cinderella story. Right. So Drew said of this movie in 2016 in an interview with Elle that it was her favorite role. It's such a beautiful role and she plays it perfectly. She touches your heartstrings. She's also got that sweet, that sweetness about falling in love and meeting Mm -hmm. the prince. And she's also very strong and that's what I love about it. And that's how it's the twist on Cinderella. She said after she read this script that she thought, that's who I want to be. That's who I need to be in this life. And 
19-year-old Monica was like, same, Drew, same. I just, like I said, emotionally connected with this character on so many levels, and she played it beautifully. Now, Monica, do you own this movie? I own this movie. It's actually sitting right behind me in my collection. That's sweet. Monica, nobody <laughs> owns movies anymore. I mean, but hello. I've owned it since it came out on DVD. Oh, okay. At least it's DVD. If you're going to say VHS, I might I never burst owned out laughing. it on VHS, you weirdo. <laughs> in college um, I don't I'm know sorry, who in college your parents had you show up with a VCR but I already had a DVD player but you also had a I laptop have... I remember you no. showing me how to use like we are so dating ourselves and I don't care um <laughs> how to use the little they don't even make them on computers anymore that little stick shift so that you could move your mouse around it had that on it oh yeah it was a little nub yeah it was it was a whole new world we'll get back to what brought everyone here which is not us talking about antiquated computers <laughs> okay, so I honestly could do an entire episode on just Ever After, but to spare everyone me just gushing over, you know, a coming of age movie for myself, I am just going to break down three of the most memorable scenes for us. And if you've seen the movie, you're going to like all these scenes too. So the scene I'm getting ready to play you, so I don't want to set it up. This is her second meeting with the prince. And one of the things that I love is that they are friends with Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. Like he's so comical and so endearing. Like I really hope in real life he was that way too. Right. Probably was because he was doing that weird nap schedule. That was him, right? That's right. (laughs) Probably played into his personality because he had no sleep. Okay, so let me set the scene for you. Danielle, Cinderella, she's going for a swim, but she bumps into Leonardo da Vinci and he's trying to walk on water. This scene's actually pretty cute in and of itself. But the part that I am going to play for you is just after that. Now, technically, this is her third meeting, but the first meeting, he didn't see her face. In their second meeting, she had told him that she was a countess. So he does recognize her and they start talking. And here is just a little back and forth between them. And it's just so obvious that she can't keep up this lie of snobbery. Where are your attendants? I decided to give them the day off. A day off? From what, life? Don't you ever tire of having people wait on you all the time? Yes, but... The servants, it's what they do. Well, I wish I could dismiss mine as easily as you do yours. I must be going. You're angry with me. No. Admit it. Well, yes, if you must know. Why? Because you are trying to beat me with your snobbery. I'm afraid, mademoiselle, that you are a walking contradiction, and I find that rather fascinating. Me? Yes, you. You spout the ideals of a utopian society, and yet you live the life of a courtier. And you own all the land there is, and yet you take no pride in working it. Is that not also a contradiction? First I'm arrogant, and now I have no pride. However do I manage that? You have everything, and still the world holds no joy. And yet you insist on making fun of those who would see it for its possibilities. How do you do it? What? live each day with this kind of passion don't you find it exhausting only when i'm around you why do you like to irritate me so why do you rise to the occasion (laughs) 
love this scene because it feels like she's finally met someone who will listen to her and she's so passionate. But what did you think about that scene, Monica? Well, I love just, again, how strong she is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's giving her giving her some flack and she's uh-huh. just not taking any of it. And she's like, well, only around you. And immediately, you know, they're going to fall in love. Yes, yes. I mean, he's the prince. And this isn't like it's 2021 and we just get to talk about royalty however we want. <laughs> I, I mean, for real, like how many shows are out there? How many episodes of different things have we heard just literally just saying whatever they want about monarchies? You could not do that back during this time. So it definitely no. took a lot of bravery for her to speak up to the prince who could I agree. probably have her head chopped off. Yep. So we're going to move on to one of my favorite scenes. It's called the gypsy scene. This really shows Danielle's cunningness when she strikes a deal with the gypsies. And I'm going to play that for you right now. Let her go. Your quarrel is with me. Release her. I insist you return my things at once. And since you deprive me of my escort, I demand a horse as well. Milady, you may have anything you can carry. May I have your word on that, sir? On my honor as a gypsy, whatever you can carry. That's such a good scene, especially because you know she's going to outsmart him, but you don't know how if you haven't seen the movie yet. The fact that it makes the gypsy laugh because he's been bested. Yes. And the fact that she actually does it, she carries the prince on her back and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a humiliating moment for him being the prince. Yes. But he takes it. And then of course the gypsies go on to invite them to stay at the camp with them. Now the next scene that we're going to talk about, I know is one of your favorites, Monica. And I thought you would have a lot of fun kind of describing the pomp and circumstance of it, if you will. Drew Barrymore's dress, obviously, is just gorgeous. She does look like an angel. It's whimsical. It's airy. It's light. It's feminine. And it's perfection for her role in the movie. And it's really special because Leonardo da Vinci made the wings that she's wearing. And I'm going to play this clip of Leonardo da Vinci in Ever After that just has me hoot and holler every time I listen to it. Allow me. Oh, brilliant. Why, that was pure genius. Yes, I shall go down in history as the man who opened the door. another thing about Ever After. It's so witty. One one thing about Leonardo da Vinci and his role in this movie mm-hmm. is he's her fairy godmother. <gasps> 
you're so right. Why did I not yeah. connect that till right now? He's her fairy godmother. And <gasps> oh, I just think that's so adorable. That's the cutest. I love it. Aw, Monica, you made it even more special. Oh, thanks. <laughs> the next thing we're going to talk about is probably the most heart-wrenching. You are not my problem anymore. Is that what I am? Your problem? I have done everything you've ever asked me to do and still you've denied me the only thing I ever wanted. What was that? What do you think? You are the only mother I have ever known. Was there a time, even in its smallest measurement, that you loved me at all? How can anyone love a pebble in their shoe? Earlier, I've mentioned a couple times that Drew says that she has really just only played herself. And I can kind of see that in Ever After. And in particular in this scene, if you don't know a lot about Drew Barrymore, she did have a tumultuous relationship with her mother. And this just makes me wonder if maybe in that moment she was saying something she had always wanted to say. Mm. Yeah, I mean, from what you and I have discussed, and that will be for another episode, friends, mm -hmm about Drew's relationship with her mother. It was a very difficult relationship. And so perhaps she was channeling that in, in this mm -hmm. scene because it's very heartfelt mm -hmm. and my heart broke for her. Oh. And of course, Angelica Houston makes the best, oh. worst stepmother, as Sienna says, <laughs> stepmother. Stepmother, Oh, it's so cute. I know, oh. it's so cute. <laughs> that is definitely adorable. Monica, I would love to do an entire episode breaking down ever after because what wouldn't be more fun than talking about one of my favorite movies of all time for about 30 minutes straight. It would seriously be the best. <laughs> but we know this episode isn't just about ever after. It's about a lot of great movies that Drew Barrymore did in the 90s. Why don't you tell us about the next one? So friends, the next movie is Charlie's Angels. Great movie. It stars Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. Such a great trio. All so very different. Yes. And our senior year in college, I went down to Costa Rica my last semester, and I saw it with my two friends that I made down there during our study abroad. We felt really cool. We went to a movie theater. We watched it. It was all subtitled in Spanish, so it was still in English. So I did understand the whole movie. <laughs> I love the intro where it talks about when how they were when they were little, what they did when they grew up. Again, I'm going to go back to Drew saying she's always just played herself because Dylan, the character that she plays in Charlie's Angels, she was this little rebel turned super sweet, but still kick-ass woman. And that's probably how Drew yes. saw herself at the time. And honestly, I see her that way too. She plays a lot of roles that way. Nerd alert. I own all of these on DVD as well. And I watch them because it's called a <laughs> DVD player. So, okay. But to me, they're my little library of memories like looking at a book oh, that I read cute. because they just they do they oh, like actually that. brings me that kind of joy now do I want to look at a cover of the jackass movie no Zach I don't why do we still have that <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what's in Paul's black box oh gosh just... so speaking of jackass style comedy I want to move into some more movies that Drew Barrymore did um, starring one of your most favorite comedians, Adam Sandler. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can say. Okay. I don't even have the words. 
<laughs> Before Monica goes on and tells us all of her thoughts about Adam Sandler, we're going to take a quick advert break. Hey friends, Monica and I have recently discovered a company with amazing skincare. Juvene uses cutting edge stem cell science to replenish and repair your skin four levels deep. You'll start seeing a more youthful appearance in just a few weeks. Juvene also has incredible faux mink lashes to make you feel fancy every day. Y'all, if you want great skin, nails, and lashes, go to juvene.com slash foxy that's juvene j-u-v-e-n-a-e dot com slash f-o-x-y sign up as a preferred customer and receive immediate discounts without any fees so monica i know you're you're a big adam sandler fan you in particular love i've had time to formulate some <laughs> real words okay i've had time some... to formulate real words on this how i feel about adam sandler that we don't agree on i like adam sandler i can understand why you don't and he's one of the few slapstick goofball style comedians that i do like though could be because i had a crush on him back in the day mm, probably but why? Why don't you like him, Monica? I don't know. I just don't get his... I mean, it doesn't make me laugh. However, I will say that when Adam Sandler is in a movie with Drew Barrymore, I find that the character he plays against the character she plays makes him very endearing, very warm. And he's a goofy kind of funny, like... Yes. A guy wants to be silly for you because he wants you to like him. He's exposing yes. his vulnerability. He's mm -hmm. trying to be cute. He just wants you to like him. And one of Paul's absolute favorite movies is 51st Dates. So it doesn't matter when he finds it on TV, what time of day or night it is, what part of the movie it's in, he will sit there and he will finish the movie. Because it is a good movie. Because it is Adam movie. Sandler and Drew Barrymore play off of each other so well. They do. They're they're a great, a great team on screen. They kind of remind me of a more modern day Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah, so true. I loved them both in Wedding Singer. Ever After, The Wedding Singer and Charlie's Angels are in my top five. I don't know what that says about me. I love a lot of movies, but those are ones that I own and will watch and they make me laugh and I feel good when I watch them. And Wedding Singer, I was watching a few clips. I actually just watched that movie like three weeks ago. Literally just put it in and watched it for fun. I love it when he, he does this in um, 51st Dates. He'll sing the goofiest songs to her. Yes. And the way she looks at him is like, you're the cutest and I love this and I will be honest with you if a dude sang a silly song to me I wouldn't look at him that way but no. she makes it so cute the whole moment so cute now I haven't seen blended yet um have you that's another one that they star in yes I have it's been a it's been a while but Paul's a big Adam Sandler fan so if he has to be <laughs> we watch it and it's it's really cute you know it's again the best characters that they can be together because mm -hmm. he's playing his best silly self and she's playing her sweet, strong self. Oh, well, I definitely want to see it then. Now, I have a question. Does he sing a silly song to her? You know, I don't remember, but he probably does. Probably does. It's his thing. He likes to sing silly songs in general. And now that they're older in this movie, they have kids. So the kids make their whole relationship and rom-com romance take a I whole mean, different twist. You know, I think that might be one of the reasons why I've connected and liked Drew Barrymore over the years is because she's only a few years older than us in a 
lot of times she has played someone who is our age at that time. And I think that is another mm-hmm. reason why it just really connects. Very relatable. Of, yeah, because it's like, hey, that's me. I'm this age. These are my feelings. Right. So, it yeah. does make her very relatable. Plus my older brother had a huge crush on her. So that made me pay attention to her. Um, I have two older brothers. I won't name names. It was one of them. You know, a funny thing. I like Drew Barrymore. Just said it. Think she's fascinating. I have not seen any of her movies since 2007 when I watched music and lyrics. That was a sweet That was a cute one. But I can't believe I haven't seen any, but I think you've seen a couple. I, I think you mentioned one and it made me really want to see it about- uh, Whip it. Yeah. It's about roller derby. Oh my so gosh. So cool. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it was, it's so cool. Is it like total like sweet girl badass type of thing? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have to yeah. see this. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's great. Drew's character is great. She's kind of the older uh-huh. roller yeah. derby girl. I highly recommend it. It's another okay. great chick flick. I've actually seen 21 of her 50 movies if you go all the way back to E.T. And there's a couple more that I want to see. Whip It, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Blend did we've already talked about and then a movie from the 90s called everyone says i love you it was a woody allen musical it had goldie hahn and julia roberts in it i think we need to know more about this i you do need too. to watch it i'm going comment. to watch it it is going to be adorable i can tell i'm very excited to do it but that really concludes all i have to say about all of drew barrymore's movies that either made me laugh or cry or maybe um not tell my parents what i was watching <laughs> um, how about you? I think it was a really good rundown. Most of the movies have a very special place in my heart too for various reasons. And while she's done so many other movies, I mean, we could spend an entire year just talking about her her sure. projects that she's worked on, yes. the fact that she's a producer now and owns her own production company, how that yep. came about, maybe going a little deeper into her personal life with her mm-hmm. family. But I think these movies just sum up the essence of who we think of her. Yeah. Like, friends, we do hope you've enjoyed this episode of Two Monicas and a Microphone. Go to our Instagram page and tell us which Drew Barrymore movie is your favorite. Is there one you've watched over and over again? Or is there one that we didn't cover let us know hey y'all thanks so much for letting us be part of your day whether that's folding socks driving to work or getting in your cardio we're happy to provide you with some entertainment about nothing serious seriously for extended show notes please head over to our website to monicaspodcast.com that's with the number two you can also follow us on instagram and facebook at two monicas and find us on pinterest at two monicas podcast if you'd like to connect with us directly email us at two monicas podcast at gmail.com awesome that was fun we'd like to give credit to kevin mcleod for providing the following music glitter blast classic horror three royal coupling new flute sad trio and proto funk <laughs> <laughs>